Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... If you work in an office and you do a marathon, I think most people have an idea of what an acceptable or impressive time is. Whereas if you say, well, I, I ran 30 miles at the weekend or 50 miles, no one really knows what a good time for that is. So usually they'll just go, wow, you did what? <laughs> um, and they're impressed. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. they don't need to know that it took you two days. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show. It is another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We are in the month of May. I know that because I checked the calendar before we recorded this episode. This is very good news. I'm very happy because the closer we get towards summer, the better the weather. And we are ready for summer brightness in our lives. Lots of races going ahead now. Lots of my runners are signed up for different events. I'm getting messages all the time on a daily basis. People either, my runners having signed up for an event or thinking about signing up for an event and they want to run it past me. I totally get that, by the way. Totally get that. We're all a little bit out of sorts, ready to not just try train and commit to our runs but actually utilize all that fitness and spend that fitness in a given event so i totally get that earlier on when we first came on the the video thing uh, you were swinging around a number there you're doing a half aren't you a half marathon <laughs> I'm doing a half. Well, I was going to keep it quiet, but you just let the cat out of the bag. Can you edit this bit out of the show, please, (laughs) Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer. Well, I came back. So I've been in Derby for a few days. If you follow me on the social channels, you'll probably know. And I I loved it. I'm from Derby, and it was great to go back for a few days with Martina, catch up with my grandma and a couple of friends, socially distanced and all that. Ran 52 miles over four days. Just loved it. Some nostalgic routes that I ran, you know, the routes that were really important to me Mm. back when I used to do a lot of training in and around Derby. And then, yeah, I came back home to Bristol and da, 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 we always like a delivery. Check this little bad boy out. 334. 334, that is a race number. I probably like most people these days that uh, receive these in the post. You completely forget that they've signed up for an event. That sure. happened to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I signed up for that. I remember, I remember. But it Hull, does Hull, feel... Hull of... Hullivington, I know. Hullivington. I. I I just have a. I just have to kind of have a run up at it. I just yeah. have a stab at it. Hullivington. 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 Half. The Hullivington yeah. half. Stampede, Stampede Sports. That's the one. That's the one. I'm up for it, you know. But it, it does feel a little bit odd. Well, first off, first off, where is Hullivington? Where is that place? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. That's the type of place, know. though. That's the type of place I've never heard of. And the only way I'd ever get there would be by putting it into my sat-nav. But my dad, who's clearly a generation older and getting on, um, he knows everything about every every village, every town in the whole of the country. And I don't know how he knows this, because if you were to phone him up and you were to say, uh, Dad, I'm going to Hull that place, he'd say, oh, right, yeah, well, you need to take the A46 up to there, then you'd go off onto the A1, and then you do that, and then you do that, and then, then there's a little back route, and I'd take that, because at the moment, at the moment, the A5 is closed. And he knows all... I don't know how. I don't know how he knows that, but he is like my sat-nav in his little brain, in his little grey head. It's like he's got all <laughs> the details that the sat-nav has, and more. You, he sounds better than Siri. You need to be Crazy. sending me your dad's number. I need to put a call into him in a couple of weeks' time because that's when yeah. the event is. And I, I will need to know how to get to this little place. It's going to be a village, isn't it? It's going to be tiny. I don't know. It's going to be the kind of village where it's that small. When it rains, they take it indoors. They won't have pavements. <laughs> You'll be running on the road. That's the place. That's, that's the place. Yeah. So, I, 
I am looking forward to it, but like most people, I think it does feel a bit odd at the moment because, we, you know, we, we're not totally experienced. We're a little bit ring rusty, as we've mentioned before, when it comes to racing. And, and you know, I think it's really important, and I say this to a lot of my runners that are doing events at the moment and events in the future. I had a conversation with a couple of my runners only this week on this subject that I think it's really important that you think about what you want from the event. Mm. So why have you signed up for it? Is it just to increase your fitness? Is it because you really want to race it? Do you want a personal best? Is it because some of your friends are doing it? Is it just to motivate you? Because it's like a training run, isn't it? It's better than doing it on your own. Even yeah, if they yeah. set you off in waves, you're there, you're part of it. Does it give you a little bit of, in some respects, accountability, you know, encouragement to get out of there and train for it? I don't know. Yeah, it's fair to say that Holgevington, whole that place, is is uh, certainly not a destination <laughs> place, is it? So it's like you're clearly doing it for some other reason. Uh, you know for a fact that you can do a half, uh, a half marathon. You know you're going to finish it. Um, is it about personal best? What's it about? What's it about for you? Well, I don't actually know, and I'm still working that out, if I'm really honest with you. I mean, the main reason for me, I think, is a bit of race experience. So mm. I think it's to get back in that situation where it is a race or an event, however you want to view it. You're around other people, albeit not many, because he set you off in waves. But you're kind of getting into that mental space again of, oh, this is an event. If I want to push it, now's the time type thing. Mm. We know what happened for me in Manchester 2019, which I wouldn't say it haunts me, but it was, I think it was, it wasn't my last race, but it was kind of like the main race I was training for in 2019 and didn't finish it. Sure. So I, I sort of need to put those, put those, I suppose, demons to bed, as it were. And I, I want to, I want to gain some more experience in a race situation because I used to feel great in these, in these races. Mm. And then Manchester happened and I, I felt like it took something from me. I, I lost a little something. So going back to the point, I think what's really helpful is if people manage their expectations going into a race. Sure. This is always important, but especially at the moment, I think it's even more important because really that's where your enjoyment will come from. Mm. Your enjoyment, I believe, is based off your own expectations of yourself and that event. Now, assuming that you can complete the distance, so as you say, Pete, I've run a half marathon, that doesn't scare me the the distance. If I attach some crazy time to it that's really going to push me and stress me and take me well out of my comfort zone, am I ready for that? Do I want that? Mm. What happens then if I don't achieve that? Do I beat myself up? Do I feel bad about the fact that I missed that target? So you just got to keep a relatively open mind and be clear about what you want. And there's no right or wrong, it's your race. Sure, absolutely. Because I can imagine if you if you do a half and whatever your targets are for the half, um, you know, you mentioned Manchester, which obviously was the full the full marathon. And, and um, if you, for example, I'm not going to say, yeah, I don't want to give you any kind of bad luck or anything weird, but if you kind of, don't reach your personal targets for the half then I suppose there's that mental block again where you go hang on but the full's twice that distance and how am I going to how am I going to so is it going to set you back further if you set unrealistic goals that potentially could happen I guess it could definitely have an adverse effect there's no question of that and I think that's even more reason to make sure that people go into these events with their eyes wide open knowing exactly what they want and don't put pressure on yourself it's not the be all and end all of life running isn't life a lot of our guests on the show that we speak to over all these episodes each week on a Wednesday, they say the same thing. Running isn't life. It's a fundamental part of your life, sure. And it's there to enhance the rest of your life, but it isn't life. And there's so many more races out there. More and more races we're hearing are going ahead. So it's very exciting times. But but all this aside, I mean, it's great and I've got the number and I'm trying to manage my nerves and manage my expectations. But you know the biggest fear? Mm. 
I haven't got a bloody clue where I've put my safety pins, mate. It's been that long. I've no idea which drawer they're in. I've asked Martina. She doesn't know. I'm just going to have to run and hold. Sellotape, mate. I'm going to use sellotape. Sellotape or staple gun. I've got a staple gun you can borrow. <laughs> For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. One man who doesn't need any more experience when it comes to races and events is our next guest. He's been on the show before. We like to class him as a friend of the show. It is indeed Damien Hall, record breaker. He recently broke, well, I say recently, it seems like months ago now, uh, the record for the Pennine Way, FKT, fastest known time, running 268 miles of the Pennine Way. Just incredible. And as well as breaking records, he's just released his first book. In it for the long run. We've got a copy here. This is the new Damien Hall book. I'm looking forward to having a good read of this. Now, it's, it's worth pointing out, actually. We're very professional on the show, Peter. We are very yeah, we are. professional. Yeah. We are very, very professional, and we're in touch with everybody. And you did say that he's a, 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 a friend of the show, and he is he a friend is. of the show. But if uh, he was that good a friend, he surely could have got his publishers to send us the book before we talked to him. <laughs> but as it happens, when we talked to him, we didn't have the book, but now we've got the book. Is the book all right? How's the, the book? The book looks fantastic. We shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but if we <laughs> ever were to judge a book by its cover, I would be thinking... That's a good book. I need to read that. That's a wicked photo, actually. It's a nice cover, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? These these crazy ultra runners, and I, I say that with a smile, you know, the stuff that Damien does, he's always running in fantastic places. I see his Instagram account, the images that he posts, and the the the... the Photos in the book, look, in the middle pages there, just incredible, which is how I normally read a book. I yeah, just flick yeah. through all the words, <laughs> get to the photos, <laughs> that looks nice. Can I gain anything from this? Yes, I feel fulfilled, right onto the next thing, out for a run. <laughs> well, he's on the show now, he is a record holder, FKT, 268 miles, super nice guy, he's a running coach, and etc, etc. Damien, I think that will do for an intro, won't it? That was pretty good. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's very kind. Thanks for all your kind lies, and thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks for having me back on. Always a pleasure. We felt we should have you back on. It was a bit of a duty after the whole. You know, we had you on last time. We spoke a lot about running, and you gave us some great tips and tricks, and shared your story of adventures with us. And then obviously we mentioned book plug. Pete thought we said book plug. It got a bit messy. Got a bit messy to be honest. I think we cramped your style. But you came back, which I'm so happy about. I'm so happy about. And your book is actually out. It can be pre-ordered now. <laughs> so I can actually do a book book plug now? Is that... <laughs> you can. You I'm can. confused. I'm getting confused. Plug. Now, <laughs> now Damien, I know you are a very humble guy. You don't like to shout a great deal about your talent, but we're going to help you with this today. So let's go for it. Tell, tell us about the book. What's going on, man? It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> don't buy it. <laughs> Wait for the film. Wait for the movie. Wait for the film. I'm pretty sure I got Samuel L. Jackson lined up to play me. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be good. Um, much better than the book. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a rubbish book. Um, I think the the parallels with an ultra marathon are entirely true. Starts off being a bit a bit too strong, a bit over ambitious, neglecting the basics. Um, <laughs> in an ultra marathon, that might be your fueling or your pacing. In this, it's probably you know I didn't spell check the first few <laughs> chapters, and then there are tears, some vomiting, some other bodily fluids. Um, I'll leave that to your imagination. Um, and then it all falls apart towards the end and just about scrapes over the line. And, and it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. You definitely don't buy it. <laughs> there you go. 
That's it. Damien, great to speak to you. Thanks. We'll have you back for the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> this must have been a lot of fun for you to write. I mean, I hear from people that write books. It's not the easiest thing to kind of get going. Uh, you are. This is obviously your skill set as well. You do a lot of writing yourself. Did, did you have a lot of fun with it? Well, did you have those moments of, Oof. oh, I don't know where to go with this now? Was it was it difficult to write about yourself? Kind of yes and no, in that, in that when it's your story, of course, it comes comes out a bit more easily. But yeah, of course, you kind of... You feel very vulnerable in, uh, when it come, when it's finished, and, and you agonise over 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 a lot of it. Like, should I say that about someone? And you know, or should I be this honest? So, someone has described it as eye-wateringly honest, um, and I begin to think maybe I shouldn't have. You know, I didn't need to say one or t- you know one or two tiny things that happened to me. Yeah, it's it's kind of terrifying and exciting at the same time. A bit like uh, yeah, a bit like an ultramarathon. I did I did do two all-nighters to, to get it done by the third deadline. Yeah, it's both fun and, and horrible, I suppose, is, is the best way the best way to sum it up. I mean, you, men- you mentioned honesty, Damien, but people love that, don't they, just generally. And, and I think particularly runners, you know, we, we want to kind of hear honesty and, and heart and sleeve stuff. And, you know, don't just tell us the great stuff and the, the you know, how amazing things were. Tell us about the, the challenges that you had, because I think it's really relatable, because irrespective of what somebody is... Uh, the challenge that they're embarking on, they're going to go through challenges. And I think it's nice to be able to read about that, hear about that, and, and realise, you know, other people, people at your level experience the same sort of feelings and emotions and frustrations, right? I'm a football fan, and, and I was actually a football journalist was my first job, and I've read quite a few football autobiographies, and I think the cliche about them is, is quite true, that they're mostly very boring, because they're, you know, usually not honest enough, uh, I think. So I suppose I set out thinking... And the ones I have enjoyed the more have been the you know the more honest ones. And so I I did set out thinking right I've got to I've got to be as honest as possible. Once or twice I put something in that I've gone actually, I didn't need to say that about someone. I'll, I'll just be a bit kinder and and take it back. And not that not there's a, a a huge litany of criticisms and complaints about people, but well it could just be quite boring if it wasn't honest. And and this is the title of the book is in it for the long run, which is a fantastic title. Of all the things that you've done, you know, kind of great achievements and stuff, did you ever think about writing a book about those things? Or was it this specifically where you thought, you know, this this warrants a book? Was it was it your idea or was it something that people kind of encouraged to to tell the story? I mean this is this is based on the FKT, isn't it? Which is obviously quite a unique thing it kind of culminates in in the Penang way run last year but it is kind of my well it's quite autobiographical it's kind of my early years actually and, the, and then the last 10 years of running about five or six years ago when i was just getting into ultra running i did approach one if not two publishers and say look at this crazy sport um why are all these people who seem to have safe and comfortable lives on the whole why are they paying money to sort of punish themselves and and run in extreme places or extreme distances what is you know what is that all about when i was new to the sport and and yeah at least one publisher said uh no thanks um whether that was the, the you know the the concept or just they knew i was rubbish at writing and then i forgot all about that and just enjoyed running and and um that was just a kind of a few months where i was keen on that idea didn't didn't go anywhere so i forgot all about it and then actually a publisher approached me um last summer before the Pen Away run, but they knew I was going to do it. And it's actually, um, the publishers are, are Vertebrate Publishing, based in the Lake District. And it was actually a, a kind of friend of mine there, Kirsty Reed, who had moved there recently and had several idea, fresh ideas for new books. And, and she just thought there was, you know, there was a story in, in that. And I suppose the the, um, the culture of FKTs and running records um, 
and I guess the book did change a little bit as we chatted over and as I wrote it, but um, she, she felt she wanted my story and my, my experiences of, of, I suppose, ultra running and, and running FKTs. But then I tried to bring some other aspects in as well. Often when I speak to guests, and we've spoken to you before, as I mentioned, and you come off the line and you, you know, think, great, that was a great chat. They go, oh, I wish I'd have asked them that question. And I'm going to ask it you now, seeing as you mentioned honesty. And there was something that I read, and I don't know how true this is, perhaps you can tell me. And it was a quote from yourself talking about your running history. And it said that you'd been lazy previously in life, kind of before running. I'm really interested to know if that is true. Can you tell me a bit more about that and why that was? I mean, lazy is a fascinating term, isn't it? And, and, and sometimes it's probably good for our health to be lazy i'm no expert on this but we shouldn't probably be you know busy and hectic all the time that's probably not healthy but certainly around school age i mean well i messed up when my gcse's and my a levels are, are both pretty pitiful um especially you know that the, i suppose the background i've had um and and you know i went to some okay schools and stuff um you know, I just was quite lazy about it all, and 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 I suppose at the time that felt quite a big disappointment, a big a big moment. Um, as my parents said at the time, if this is one of your, if this is one of the worst sort of moments of your life, you've had a pretty good life, and I suppose that's been, that's been true. But I do I do kind of remember that when I'm in the middle of the night during an ultra marathon or something, and you just want to kind of stop or at least or at least rest for a bit or at least slow down. I do kind of say, don't be lazy because you've been lazy before and you've got to, almost you've got to make up for that. Um, yeah, that helps me. That helps me a bit in those in those dark hours. It's finding the motivation, isn't it, to keep yourself going. And it's a case for everybody. What motivates one doesn't necessarily motivate the other. Is there a growing rise in terms of the interest in, I guess, FKTs and, and ultra running in general? You will know more than me, but I, I sense people seem to be quite interested in seeing how far they can push themselves personally in terms of distance rather than just pace as a coach do you sense this yes absolutely um th there was a financial times piece last weekend and they interviewed me and a couple of others and they did put the statistics from fastestknown.com the american website um in there i must admit i can't recall them off the top of my head but uh, the the increase last year was was huge. It was, I think, it was large, more than a fifty percent increase in sort of the year before. Wow! Um, and they've got thousands now, you know, thousands of FKTs registered on their site. So I, I do think, and that was one of the themes I was trying to unpick a bit in the book. What's the difference between doing a race and, and just a personal challenge? It doesn't have to be a record attempt necessarily. I mean, if you just get round the Bob Graham round, I mean, that's very impressive for anyone. It doesn't have to be a, a record time. I think you can sometimes take more satisfaction from doing something kind of on your own terms to an extent you know when you choose to do it you know the time of day etc you know you can choose your own style are people going to support you on it are you going to run with friends are you going to do it totally on your own um you've got those those elements and you can you can go and set your own you know fkt or, or um only no time only known time some people are calling them um which is wonderful it makes it a really egalitarian side to our sport i think where you could just yeah go and do your own thing and 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 you know you, you can hold a record any almost anyone can hold a record um at the moment which is yeah really quite cool i think so i think it makes sense when you think of it like that that, that the this idea this concept has has mushroomed have you have you got any lined up no, me no don't start inspiring me <laughs> honestly i don't need it in my life this happened last time we spoke I, I found myself looking at random events well i call them random because they're random to me things i would never normally look at i'm i'm very much just you know the box of half marathons you know 10k's marathon and then i draw the line there 
But I, I have to say, and I genuinely mean this, Damien, and I said this to you last time we spoke, I am finding it more and more intriguing. And I, I think that's the right word. And a lot of that is down to the people that we speak to on the show, like yourself, because you do get into people's story. And when people are as honest as you, you know, you, and you read their books and you find out a little bit about what they're up to and you follow them on the very social channels, you kind of get drawn and sucked into that, into that world. So I can definitely see the appeal. And there was a time when I I perhaps couldn't see the appeal and I perhaps didn't have quite as m- enough knowledge, if that makes sense. It was too much the unknown, whereas now it's becoming kind of less on the, of the unknown. And I do feel that that's the case for, a, for quite a lot of runners, which is one of the reasons I asked you that question. You're obviously a running coach. You help a lot of people, um, I guess, over various distances. Do, do you kind of limit how many runners you, you tend to work with, Damien, how many people you, you tend to take on? Is it, is it typically ultra marathoners that you will... Coach? I found, yes, most people who approach me um, are either already doing ultramarathons or, or I suppose want to do their first ultramarathon. Nearly, nearly everyone's in that, in that sort of category. And I found right at the beginning it was, it was because of UTMB. Um, I don't know how much you, your listeners would know of that one, but it's a 105-mile um, yeah, race in, in, well, it starts in France, but it goes in the mountains, the French Alps. Um, it's yeah, it's a really big event in, in the ultra scene, and I did it four years in a row. And I just found people people started approaching me and saying I wasn't a coach, um, but people started approaching me and saying I'm planning to do this race. I want to know what you know. And at first, I, I was sort of politely turning people away and saying I'm not a coach. Go and go and try that person or that person. Um, but one or two people were quite insistent. I said, okay, I'll coach you, but you know, please know I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a coach. Um, <laughs> but I'll try, I'll try my best. I'll tell you what I know. Um, and then over time, I suppose that group grew. I guess my skills grew. I, I you know, I did, did a qualification, learned everything I could. Um, and I find it, as, as I'm sure you do, Jake, I find it hugely rewarding, um, you know, just having that relationship with, with someone. Firstly, it's a privilege that they'll sort of trust you with their, with their sort of, you know, their, I don't want to say dreams, because that sounds a bit naff, but like, you know, their aspirations, their, their, their goal of, of getting a certain distance or time or finishing a challenge, they'll sort of trust you. Um, so it's a huge privilege um, and, and something I don't take for granted. And then, But then going along with them on the journey and, and, you know, of course, things don't always go smoothly in the training or, 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 in, the, or in the event. And, and sometimes it takes a few goes and stuff, but it's, you really get to know people uh, doing that and, and people are very different. And I just find it fascinating. I absolutely love it. If somebody just wants to, for example, increase their fitness a bit or lose a bit of weight, of course, they don't have to go and run these crazy distances, yeah. do they? So there must be something else. Do you find it's one typical kind of classic reason or is there a variety of reasons? Good question. I mean, I do get sort of former triathletes um i've definitely got a few in that category no i don't think there is one reason i, th- I think people come from different backgrounds and, they, and then you get some people who have naturally grow you know gone up 10k half marathon marathon okay which is kind of the route i i kind of took which is okay i can do a marathon what what next and you and you hear about these longer events and you're just intrigued about whether you personally could do something longer and, and how you go about that sometimes you know i get people who have never never done a well never done a road marathon anyway um they might come, I suppose, from a fell running background or just a just a hiking background sometimes, and they're just they're not interested in the road or track scene at all. And then, but they're interested in being out, I suppose, in the fells and the hills and lumpy places. Yeah, it's fascinating, and it's getting my clients are definitely getting younger. Um, when I got into the sport, it was pretty much you know people my age, so it's sort of you know late thirties, early forties. Um, definitely people getting younger, which is good. Definitely more diversity, um, which is good. Um, yeah, it's it's a really exciting time, I think. If people are listening to this and they're perhaps thinking, do you know, I wouldn't mind dipping my toe in the water of an ultra. I've run a couple of marathons, two, three marathons. Well, I, 
I don't really know where to start. What advice or thoughts do you have for somebody that perhaps is of that thinking at the moment? Number one thing I would say was ultra marathons are easier than you think. The numbers are intimidating often, you know, 50 miles, 100 miles. Uh, I can totally understand how that seems very daunting. But I mean, most people start, you know, start with a smaller ultra marathon, maybe 30 miles, and they'll sort of build up. And I think one of the I totally understand what often people say to me is, oh, I've run a marathon, I couldn't possibly run any further. But we have some secrets, some guilty secrets, the ultra marathon runners. Firstly, we walk quite a lot. Secondly, we sort of stop and stuff our face quite a lot. Thirdly, it's very, very social and you're usually somewhere scenic. So yes, it takes quite a few more hours, but you're you're usually chatting to like-minded loons, um, chomping on cake, admiring the view. Yes, there might be a bit more discomfort, but actually... I'm not so sure there always is. All right, 100 miles is more uncomfortable than a marathon. But when you run a marathon on the road, um, you know, it's so repetitive, the impact on the joints and it's tarmac, you know, like the hardest surface you can run on. In an ultra marathon, you can get, you can take those walking breaks. They're usually off road as well. There are some on the roads and you're getting, you know, your body is um, moving differently each time and getting different impact each time. So that the impact is spread more. Sometimes it's more lateral and so on. And almost no one's looking at their clock. You're not chasing a time, which I think a lot of people find really liberating. Like if you work in an office and you do a marathon, I think most people have an idea of what an acceptable or impressive time is. Whereas if you say, well, I, I ran 30 miles at the weekend or 50 miles, no one really knows what a good time for that is so usually they'll just go wow you did what um and they're impressed you know they don't need to know that it took you two days probably wouldn't be allowed to take two days in a race but usually usually the cutoff times are very are very generous um it's very relaxing i i'm not sure i've met anyone who's done an ultra marathon and gone yeah it's not for me you keep and, using and, the phrase um meet some friends and eat some cake and um for me <laughs> i'm just thinking yeah and then, you over. then you're talking about the competitiveness of it and i'm thinking do you know i'm not competitive as far as my running is concerned in any way whatsoever i do very little of it i'm not very competitive um but i'm i'm all up for a competitive eating event so let's go ultra running uh, we'll do an ultra marathon we'll do an ultra run and then uh, we'll eat some we'll competitively eat cake but it's like the first person to get a whole cake down them and then continue I mean, this is... I'm building I'm building events into my mind here. Pete, I think you're going to be brilliant at, at ultra running. Um, there's a line in... Um, if you guys have read Born to Run, there's a line in there about ultra marathons that says, I think ultra marathons are an, an, an eating competition with some light exercise thrown in. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, it, I remember that. That, that works. Yeah, there's, yes, a lot, yeah. there's, a lot, there's a lot in that. That's yeah. good. <laughs> which, is a, which, which is a cracking book. It's funny because the social side, you know, we joke, but it is so, so important. And I think it's even more important now given the lockdown situation you know we, we spoke we touched on this Damien as coaches and you know we're, we're busier than ever and things but actually I feel I can feel almost the loneliness and the, the, the need for that social connection again as I'm sure many people listening to this this show can and I totally understand that side of the the ultra marathon running world where actually it does take a bit of pressure off if you if you allow it I guess if you're not you're not trying to chase a time and, and run for position and whatnot, but if you're just going for completion and you're running with other like-minded people, I can totally see that. It reminds me a little bit of when I did some cycling, Damien, and I'm not a big cyclist, but um, a few friends of mine taught me, finally taught me into getting a bike a number of years ago, and, they, and, and kind of their big selling point was, oh, it's a, it's a lot more sociable than running. And they were, oh, I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, got a bike, and sure enough, they took me on some routes and stuff, and it, we were. We stopped off at coffee shops back in the day when you could do that, and it was very sociable, you know, pick some quiet lanes and you're running you're cycling along, alongside each other so it's a big motivation for people isn't it where sports concerned to have that connection with people 
Yes. What I found last year was um, I was trying to decide whether I missed races or not. Um, what I realised was I did miss the social side of them. So I was lucky. I did get to do um, a, cu- a couple of yeah, record of FKT, FKTs later in the year. And I realised I got a lot out of them from them being quite social. So from the racing... Yeah, that was what I missed about the races, actually. All right, if you're racing hard, you're not necessarily chatting that much, but it's still a social thing, and, and you're socialising before and, and, and afterwards. In fact, you know, that's one of the best bits in, in any race, actually, probably, is, is socialising afterwards. And, and yeah, last year and this have obviously, you know, had a, had a big impact on all of us on, on what, we, what we value, what's important to us, and so on. And for people thinking about getting into it, what advice would you have in terms of how to... I suppose manage expectations here, Damien. You might have to give a specific example on this, but in terms of how much time is required to train for certain events, certain ultramarathons. So you might need to kind of, you know, we might need to go for a, a distance here and, and kind of imagine somebody training for that. But, you know, the classic thing of, well, if you're running a half marathon, yes, you might do some over-distance training for, for relatively experienced runners. They might run up to 14, 15 miles, maybe even more. In a marathon... Rarely will people go over, go up to the marathon distance, never mind over, for most people. Where do you draw the line with ultras? How much training is involved? Is it, is it back-to-back days that are really the key to get that fatigue? I, I do think, again, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a myth that you have to train sort of, you know, twice as hard or much harder um, if you're doing an ultra marathon compared to a marathon. I, I think marathon training, say you've done a marathon or you've at least done a block of marathon training, um, you'll be very well set up uh, for, for a shorter ultra marathon, you know, 30 or, or even 50 miles. Some people get it wrong and they sort of forget all about the speed work and just do long, slow miles, which, it, you know, of course, in so, at some points in your training, that, that's worth, you know, worth doing. But if you just do that all the time, you'd probably be better off doing a bit of speed work to, to you know, pick your, pick your pace up, pick your economy up. A lot of ultra training is actually quite similar to marathon training in that, for example, you know, a fairly experienced athlete, they're going out five or six times a week, usually one long run and, 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 and one or two quality sessions. Um, so in that respect, pretty similar to to a marathon training block. Just towards the end of it, you might do, I suppose, one or two longer runs, but it doesn't need to be too crazy. And I've definitely pulled people back who have been doing sort of crazy, lots of, you know, lots of back-to-back big miles. Um, it's very rare I'll prescribe anything over a 25-mile run. Yeah, depending on what they're training for. If it's more than a 50-mile race, I might put in there, you know, right at the peak of their training after several months of building up, I might put like 25 miles and then 20 the next day and definitely a rest day after that. But that's pretty rare. That's not always needed at all. There you go. You heard it here first from the horse's mouth. Ultra running is not as scary as it may seem <laughs> at all. And you get to eat lots of cake. You get to be super sociable. So maybe now is the time to start considering extending the distance. Damien, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, as always. Second time on the show. Never a dull moment. If you would like to pre-order Damien's book, then it is, is book, available. The, the link. Are you ready for the book plug? <laughs> I said book plug. I think I said book. Did you I said say book, book plug? plug. I don't know. Who cares? For details on the book, Damien's new book, go and check it out, In It For The Long Run. That's on the website, which is runningwithjeg.com forward slash plodcast. Now, Damien, it was quite interesting when we had you on the show last time, which was episode 46. Um, by episode 47, we started a new feature, and you you just missed out on that. So, are you ready for this new feature now? No, I'm a bit frightened. You're going to experience it for the first time. This is your weekly dose of running motivation... We ask all of our guests this question from episode 47. (laughs) And the question is, what does the word motivation 
mean to you? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I thought it was going to be... I don't know. He's the best answer we've had it so is, far. Yes, yeah. get, get, get a bloody dictionary, Jake. <laughs> I've got stuff to do. I don't know. I've never... I just love running so much that I've never felt <laughs> I've needed to motivate myself. Um, there you go. <laughs> is that... Is that an answer? I think it is. To be fair, that, yeah, that's... that is a that is a comprehensive that... answer. If you're if you, if you if you love something enough, you're self motivated and self propelled. When winter comes around and all the magazines always do keep motivated in winter, I always I don't know I always look a bit baffled at those because it's not it doesn't it doesn't apply. To, yeah, I, I'm lucky it doesn't seem to apply to me. I don't need to. Um, I need to get out. I don't know. Well, thanks, Damien. We're going to scrap that question from now. <laughs> and we're not going to address that question again at all. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Have a good day. Speak to you soon. (laughs) That was great fun. Thanks, guys. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation. Out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. What a super nice guy, Damien Hall. This, I, I am absolutely going to read this book, by the way, Pete. This is on my list. I'm currently reading the Steve Jobs biography. Once I've finished that, and I'm, I'm pretty about 75% in, according to my Kindle, this is the next book on my list. And I'm a little bit nervous about reading it. I've said this before, but when we have these great people on the show that are doing these amazing things and super long distances and really challenging themselves, I'm getting inspired. Oh, it's not good. I can see myself signing up for something stupid slash bonkers slash incredible I, oh. I never thought I'd run beyond a marathon but I'm oh I'm being influenced I'm being turned to the dark side I can feel it yeah. I can feel it but if I'm honest with you I think and the way that Damien talks about it as well I, I just think that an ultra is probably a hell of a lot more fun than a marathon and I appreciate it's a hell of a long way it is but you, you can stop you can have a chat you can eat some cake you can do all that kind of stuff whereas you know I, I see my own experience of marathons is watching uh, London Marathon on telly and those guys they're not having fun there's no fun there there's no party there's no chat there's no cake ultra all the way mate get it sorted book it in there does seem to be a relatively relaxed something or other about ultra running there that, mm. that is for sure you know you do hear of people kind of chatting and walking and running bits of course you know it's a long way we're not playing this down if you're trying to smash records of course they're brutal but yeah there is something interestingly curiously fun about an ultra <laughs> watch is. this space and now it's time for the part of the show that is as annoying as a small child in the back of the car asking when will we be there. It is indeed Patreon Pete. Can you give us some money now? Can you give us some money? Can you give us some money now? Can you give us some money? No, seriously. <laughs> I am like a small kid in the back of a car. I appreciate that. But, do you know, because of uh, kind donations from our patrons, and, and they really are kind and it's wonderful, and, you know, to do this, to sit here talking to you, yeah, it's great fun, um, but it does cost us money. And because of them, we have shiny new microphones so you can hear us in lovely quality. What you'll notice about this podcast is the sound quality is a lot better than many, many, many other podcasts. And that's because of the kind donations by our patrons. So if you want to be part of it and you do want to help us in the upkeep of this podcast, then really would appreciate that. You can just go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and click on the Patreon thing there and then just make us a little donation. That would be lovely. really would. Oh, have you finished? Yes. Sorry, I've, ch- I've just been reading the prologue of Damien's book here. I reckon I could get through a chapter each week while you do your Patreon bit. <laughs> Back to running. It is time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag Ask Jake. And Kate wants to know how she can commit to her physio 
exercises. She's seen a physio, she's been given some advice, she's got a list of exercises, but she struggles to find slash make the time to commit but she can always find time for her running. Kate, this is not uncommon at all. As runners, we want to run. We don't want to spend time doing kind of the other stuff, the fussy stuff, but obviously it is going to help you. So I'm going to give you three tips here. The first one is set a realistic frequency. So don't perhaps try to do the exercises that you've been given every day, unless you've been advised, of course. I would say, right, what is realistic for you? Is three times a week realistic? It just makes it far more manageable in your mind and therefore you're more likely to achieve it. Number two is I would put it in the diary. You've got to prioritise. It may even be worth setting an alarm as well, like a daily alarm. You know, got to do your exercises, your physio exercises in two hours' time. And then when it gets to it, ten minutes before, you get another little alarm. It just gets it in your head that you must commit to it, creates that habit. And the third thing is getting some accountability. So with my runners, for example, I'll get them to upload the physio-type exercises, the additional supplementary strength work, the balance work, all that stuff. I'll get them to upload it to the training platform we use because then it's a bit like Big Brother. I can see what they're doing. It makes them accountable. They're more likely to do it. If you work with a coach, get your coach to keep you accountable. If not, somebody in your house, a friend, a family member, just get them to give you that gentle nudge and it'll help you to commit to your exercises. I hope that helps, Kate. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake or, of course, you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of episode 71 of the Running With Jake podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Thank you very much to our guest, Damien Hall, who will no doubt be back on the show for a trilogy at some point in the future. Have a great week of running. And if you are also taking part in the Hull, Hull of... Hull of, is that Hull, it's Hullivington, yeah. Hullivington Half Marathon? Hull, I'd, Hull, Hull, oh, yeah, man. yeah. If I can find the place, I need to get your dad's number, by the way. Then I will see you there. <laughs> Have a great week. See you next week. <laughs> Did I say weak too many times though? Was it? You, you did. You, you missed what you you missed something. Oh. oh, I just I don't know what it is recently. I don't know what it is recently. Oh, 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 oh. And one more thing. By all means try and fail, but do not fail to try. <laughs>